intention interior trucking companies if you are relying on facility insurance you could be overpaying reduce your insurance cost by 10000 or more per truck and good news we accept drivers with only 1 years of experience to learn more just send us text by typing insurance to 3653640714 thank you and a social contract of trust is that we believe and we trust that all people driving on the same road as us are fit to operate. And that is Chris Wilkinson from DriverCheck. And not only is he talking about the social contract of trust that we all have while driving on our roads and our highways, we are also talking about cognitive testing and how it can reduce the risk of a fleet from having a crash. So if that's something that interests you, stay tuned and let's get on with the Dog on a Trucking podcast. Welcome to the Dog on a Trucking podcast. I'm your host, Chris Harris, Safety Dog. And when it comes to trucking safety, the dog is on it. Please, if you would show your appreciation for the podcast by leaving a thumbs up, a comment, a rating. It would help me so much. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you. Now, let's get on with the show. Hey, Chris. We got two Chris's on the show. This will be confusing. It's going to get confusing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mr. Wilkinson, welcome to the Dog On It Trucking Podcast. And we are here talking about cognitive testing, something that Jeremy brought up and I know nothing about. So it's awesome to have you on the show to explain this to both me and the viewers. Chris, come on in and tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you land at DriverCheck? All right, so it's great to be here. Thank you so much. It's the first time I've been allowed on the show, so uh, I take that as a privilege. Um, I've worked with DriverCheck now for just about three and a half years. Uh, I've been in the fitness for duty drug and alcohol testing industry, though, for about eight. And I uh, came over to DriverCheck when they bought the company I was working for. So I came over with an acquisition. I was competing against DriverCheck before. Uh, but now I'm very happy to be part of this uh, wonderful team. So that's that's how I got into being part of DriverCheck. And uh, my official title at DriverCheck is Program Consultant, which is sales, account management, uh, and then also other project management like the cognitive testing program we're going to talk about today. So let's not move. And I don't edit these things out. Uh, but let's get right into the cognitive testing because I don't know anything about it. Why would a trucking company, well, explain first what it is. So cognitive assessments for commercial drivers is just one one of three types of assessments that should be conducted on commercial drivers when they're being qualified uh, for their license. They look at the CCMTA medical standards, so the Canadian Council of Motor Transportation Medical Standards, looks at sensory, motor, and cognitive function as their three areas to determine whether or not somebody is fit to operate. And when somebody goes for their license, they they typically would get their sensory and motor assessed, 
but uh, cognitive functions may be missed because they're a little bit harder to identify. So give question. me an example of a cognitive function. Uh, so will cognitive functions fall under uh, the learned behaviors, reaction time, peripheral vision, short-term, long-term memory? So everything that you do when you're driving a vehicle uh, falls into what you, how you use with your cognition. We take advantage of the fact that we have a healthy cognition when we do, and when we're operating even our own personal vehicle, our cognition is being overwhelmed, but we're able to balance that overwhelmed cognitive functions by overcompensating for certain things. If there's a lot of stimuli going on while we're driving, we can overcome that stimuli by focusing on what's necessary to be safe. If there's bad weather, then we're focusing harder on uh, safe driving, our speed, gauging our distance. So we can do that and we can react uh, naturally to the elements and to the environment. Loud music playing, kids screaming in the background, trying to tune that out while we're, while we're driving. Now, if somebody does not have a healthy cognition, they start to become overwhelmed by all that stimuli that come in and it puts somebody at a very high risk situation. So that's, that's where the cognitive functions comes into play, where most people do have healthy cognition or can be affected in minor ways, but there are still are individuals who are uh, not knowing that they have a significant cognitive deficit and they are operating on the road. And so this program is designed to help identify, mitigate those risks, but then also to help people get the, maybe the medical treatment they need by identifying these underlying medical issues. Uh, and then getting them back to work uh, as a healthy contributor to the company. Is this a way to root out old drivers like me? Not at all, thank you. Good question. Now the program is not geared toward a specific group of people. The idea is that everybody at any age can have cognitive decline. There is a natural progression starting at age 26 on where we start having this actual natural decline of cognitive functions till we're older. But the program is an age-normed evaluation. So we're not assessing somebody based on age. If you're 70, you're gonna be assessed against another 70-year-old who has a healthy cognitive function. If you're 30, you're gonna be assessed against another 30-year-old who has healthy cognitive assessments uh, function. So it's age-normed in that sense that that natural decline is taken into consideration. And with the science that backs this program of the years of research, research was first started out of the University of Alberta. Uh, they've been able to develop a science to support the fact that if you are screening high at a high risk, that there is maybe something, uh, not diagnosing, but maybe identifying that there uh, maybe is something to be concerned with the driver could then be removed temporarily from work, identified, uh, go through to the doctor, identify that they might have a underlying medical condition and hopefully get that resolved and get them back to work and being safe. That's kind of cool, I would say. So we're talking about safe driving. It, the um, focus is safety. Yeah, absolutely. When would a company use cognitive testing? Is it at the Before higher? Yeah, it can be used at different parts of the uh, employment. So it can be either a pre-screening tool. Because this tool looks at the functional capabilities of a driver, the bona fide occupational requirements of the driver to be able to safely operate a vehicle, 
This is a qualifying tool to see if somebody is even qualified to continue on through the uh, recruiting process. From there, if they're hired, now you have a driver on board. You have a baseline test that was done at the pre-employment stage. And then you can have periodic evaluations now with your drivers at different stages, depending on different companies. And that's something that's really big for this program too, is that for fitness for duty assessments, we haven't really been able to offer companies a periodic evaluation check to have a spot in their schedule to say every two years, every three years, every five years, we're going to do an evaluation on all of our drivers to get an understanding of if there is something that's not going diagnosed or if they have any performance decline that's not being identified then they can get this risk score and work with the drivers to either state that well it's, it's competency defining errors or trainable errors and with those two key identifiers then develop a return to work strategy for a driver who maybe does have some deficits in their performance we can also use this program for um, performance decline. So if you do have somebody who are seeing as having significant performance decline, this program could be used as a discovery tool. Uh, reasonable cause situations where you're dealing with drug and alcohol testing, we can use it in those scenarios as well as a continuation to the investigation of why somebody was unfit. Post-incident situations will be different for every company too on how they define uh, or are able to use this program. But if there is somebody who maybe is in a fatality situation or a very uh, a very bad accident incident, the person returning to work may still be rattled from that incident. So doing this evaluation gives you a score, a risk score of where their cognitive functions are at before you put them back in the vehicle to hopefully avoid that second incident that is potentially gonna happen with somebody who's still uh, affected by that last incident. And then we have return to work programs, uh, follow up on, um, we have follow up testing, we have reassessment testing. So there's a lot of little touch points for this program, but really the, the three keys I would say is the pre-hire, the periodic evaluations, and then performance decline really gives the company a significant tool to as a predictive risk tool to state that before a risk incident happens, we now have something that can hopefully mitigate that risk and reduce claims. Um, there's a significant return on investment with this program as well. So I know myself personally, I'm very excited to be uh, championing this at DriverCheck and being a part of the program. Uh, and the program is actually through a company called Empirica, uh, based out of Alberta, formerly called DriveAble, just changed their name to Empirica. Um, so we're actually just working with them to help get the word out on this program because of how much we believe in it. All right, so I'm confused still. Give me an example of reduced cognitive function, I guess. Yeah, so confusion, disorientation. Um, so there, I'll give you a couple stories. Maybe that might help yeah. put this all into perspective, right? So um, a client of mine had a driver. They were uh, calling into dispatch saying, I'm lost. I don't know where I am. And the company had noticed that there had been some kind of performance decline, some uh, confusion leading up to this point, but now the driver is somewhere, you know, I'm not gonna say where, but somewhere, and they are now lost on the highway and they have no idea where they are. So they ended up managing the situation, having the person pull over on the, on the truck, um, had them come back to the, the company office, went for an evaluation, which cost thousands of dollars to do an independent medical assessment on the person. And it, it was discovered that they were in late stages of dementia. 
So the driver, unfortunately, uh, was in a position where they were no longer able to drive. And there was an extreme risk for the driver to be on the road. Luckily, the uh, dispatch were able to communicate to the safety managers ahead of time. This tool, where it could have come in to maybe be a predictor of this situation happening, is when they first initially identified some of these performance decline situations, near misses, they could have proactively done a uh, accelerate uh, vitals assessment, which is a cognitive computerized assessment, to see what that risk score looked like off of that machine alone, off of that test alone. And then there's a second component to it, which is a uh, on-road evaluation that also pushes their cognitive function to see what their overall risk score is based on the functional capabilities. But this driver who is in late stages of dementia, this program can potentially identify a risk with that driver. So then that could have been identifiable, maybe it was still in early stages of dementia. Another situation, there was a driver who uh, was one of the top performers for a company. They were a busing company. And as they were driving one day, they were showing lots of signs of um, swerving, near misses, and they had patrons contacting the company to say, this person I don't think is fit to drive. So the company had the driver come back to the yard, did the vitals in-office uh, computerized cognitive assessment, and scored extremely high risk. So the person was advised to go back to see their doctor. The doctor sent them to the hospital the next day for some tests, and then that person ended up going in for a triple bypass surgery because they were having blood clots. They weren't getting enough oxygen to their brain. And now they're back to work and they're a functioning uh, employee of the company, a functioning employee of the company. There's right. also sleep apnea situations that come up too, where somebody is suffering from sleep apnea, they're having performance decline, confusion, they're having stress, fatigue, um, hours of service, they can't meet their hours of service because they're too tired. And this all is performance decline. Why are they having it? Is it because of apathy for the job? Is it because of just you know sick of driving? Or is it a medical condition? Is it drug and alcohol related? What is it? So doing this test will identify a risk score. And then from there, it's identified from their doctor or a specialist, whether or not uh, they have sleep apnea or whatever the medical condition is. They manage that and then they're a healthy contributor coming back to work. So it's supposed to be a program of support. That's the idea. It's not here to take drivers off the road. It's here to identify drivers who might be at the highest risk, help them identify that, come to reason with that, and then hopefully they seek assistance from their doctor to get treatment if that's what's needed, uh, and then come back to work because we want the drivers. We need the drivers, but we also need safe drivers on the road. Well, we need safe drivers. And as somebody who uh, has sleep apnea, and uh, I'm a, I use my CPAP machine every night. I know how that can affect me. So you're saying that if I was a participant in the cognitive testing, it would likely help identify my sleep apnea before uh, my medical doctor did? Uh, it, what it'll do, it does, so the program doesn't diagnose medical problems or drug and alcohol problems. It provides a risk score to the company to make a determination whether or not somebody is too high a risk to continue driving at that time. It's then the responsibility of the employee to go to their doctor or a specialist or whomever they see uh, is available, whoever, family doctor I think would be the easiest one, to start the discovery process. 
they may tell their doctor, here's, I got a risk score from this cognitive assessment program. My, my employers asked me to follow up with my doctor. The doctor says, well, what's going on? And they explain that they're not sleeping, that they snore, that they, whatever else they come up with. The doctor then hopefully will identify, okay, well, we're gonna send you for sleep studies. If you're having cognitive deficits to the point that you've been removed from duty temporarily based on this risk score, and you're telling me that you have these medical, potentially medical condition uh, with the sleep apnea, let's get you tested to see if that's what it is. We, there's also scenarios where it's somebody not using their medication, prescribed medication for infliction, right. or somebody who's um, not compliant with their di diabetes treatment. So there's, there's a lot of different reasons why somebody could screen high on this. But again, we're not looking for, we're looking for actual cognitive decline. We're not looking for someone who has, who didn't sleep very well the night before. It's looking for somebody who is actually potentially afflicted by a medical condition or a substance abuse disorder or, or something along those lines. Again, stating that it's not a diagnostic tool. We're not diagnosing sleep apnea. It's screening risk so that the company can use that as a predictive tool before an incident hopefully happens to support their employees. So what is, what's the definition of cognitive? Is it just mental processing? Yeah, you, I gotta, I'd have to look up the actual definition. Well, I don't know it off the top of my head. I should know it. That's one of the things I'll study. I, I have oh, it no. somewhere. So what is it you're testing when there, you mentioned there's two parts of the test, a computerized part, and then I believe you can get into a road test. That's right. So it's so the there's two components to the Accelerate program, which is the cognitive assessment program. The first one is an in-office vitals assessment, is what it's called, and it takes a computer. It's a computer evaluation that's all based on touchscreen. So the individual being evaluated does not have to have any computer skills. The idea, as well as that, there's also an instructor who's there with them, explaining every single task and even providing them with an opportunity to practice the task before they actually are evaluated. There's six computerized assessments that are completed and they all relate to the functional skills required to drive. Looking at reaction time, accuracy, memory, peripheral vision, um, delayed responses. There's also um, decision-making as well, all built into this. These six tasks on the computerized assessment look at 22 weighted measures as it relates to the cognitive functions required to drive safe. The score that's provided from this machine is only part of the evaluation. The individual then would be required to go into an on-road evaluation. The on-road evaluation, the course that's designed is also designed to push the individual's cognitive functions. So the same 22 weighted measures in the vitals assessment, we're pushing those same measures on the on-road evaluation. During the on-road evaluation, we're gonna be looking at, is it competency-defining errors or are they trainable errors? It's a big difference between the two. If they're competency-defining errors, they're gonna have a much higher score, high score, high risk, low score, low risk. The computerized assessment that gets produced takes those two scores and combines them together providing the company with an overall risk score based on their on-road experience, but also the in-office vitals uh, cognitive assessment. And in the end, the company will then have a decision to make, okay, is the score high enough based on our standards and based on the industry standards for this program, 
that we would recommend this person go to their family doctor to provide supporting documentation? Or is the score low enough? Are we just going to look at what some of these trainable bad habit errors are, focus on the re-entry for the driver on these trainable bad habit errors, and is there additional follow-up required? So really, it does help with managing the driver force, but also identifying the highest risk uh, drivers in the population and working with okay. them the whole process. I got to believe the insurance industry would love something like this. I hope so. Yeah, we've got a lot of, uh, I can't, I want to speak for insurance companies, but there's interest from a lot of different groups. Um, a lot of companies that have showed extreme interest in this program. Empirica themselves, they have a, a large number of clients of their own and driver check now supporting, we're onboarding clients for this program too for them. So I do, for me, I do see this as a kind of a assessment of the future right now. We have it available. It's something that fills a lot of gaps that companies have, have explained that, you know, they've got these safety programs in place, but they're still having significant number of incidents. They believe that they have a good system of safety in place, but drivers are still having issues like heart attacks on the road or fatalities because of sudden incapacitation. And they feel, well, why can't we predict this? Why don't, is there not a tool that can help us identify these potential hazards? And this tool finally offers companies and organizations a proactive tool to hopefully screen drivers in time to be able to identify that this person is at the highest risk and manage that risk. So reduce claims, reduce incidents, driver retention, supporting drivers, a healthy population, safety on the road is all kind of the forefront of this program and helping companies realize that they're not alone, they have support to manage at-risk population of drivers, which ranges from 25 years old all the way up to 70. Uh, anybody in this, this age range can be uh, at risk and just help you, we're here to help. Is, is it more predominant in older people or, I mean, I'm an old guy. So I'm just wondering about, because our driver force is, uh, they say the average age is 55. So yeah. we are an old group. Well, the met certain medical conditions uh, like dementia, Parkinson's disease typically fall under an older group of drivers. But there are a younger group of drivers too that could be suffering from sleep apnea, that could be suffering from depression, that could be suffering from other medical afflictions, cancer. So there's a lot of different things, medical conditions that somebody could uh, be suffering through uh, or have an affliction and not even know. Diabetes, diabetes is not age dependent. So it really is not focusing solely on uh, an age group of saying uh, 55 plus are the highest risk. It's not at all. It's saying that 55 plus does have a natural decline to their cognitive function based on that model of 26, it's a natural decline down. We've, the program is age norm to defend that your cognitive decline will be there and we identify that. But what we're looking for is, are you at the age of 55 scoring the same as other healthy, normal cognitive functions uh, adults at age 55? And basing, using that as the baseline and then determining where you fall on that scale. So it's not looking at the group of an older driver population, it's looking at every single person and what the, they may not know about themselves or something they may not be disclosing, like deciding not to use their medication. That does right. come up as well. 
Uh, and you mentioned depression. Uh, mental illness, I got to believe, we're, we're recording this in the middle of COVID. And mm -hmm. I got to believe it's a real tough job right now for truck drivers, especially those who cross the border. And even their families have to be affected uh, with mental uh, stress at the moment. So this would help identify a driver who's suffering a little more from the stress? If, yeah, if they're affected enough by the stress of what's going on, uh, you would hope that companies would have proactive programs in place, like an EFAP program, or an Employee and Family Assistance Program, to provide a confidential avenue for their employees to, to seek out a support. But they don't have to tell their employer they're using it, they would just use it uh, on their own time uh, before something gets to the point where the company has identified a significant performance issue or some type of risk on the road. But then if somebody is identified to have significant performance decline, and maybe it is due to depression, uh, the score high on the test, on the vitals assessment, the on-road evaluation, they've scored high as well. The risk score is above the threshold the company has set based on industry standard uh, by, through Erica. The individual will then be recommended to go seek a, a specialist or their doctor or somebody to address whatever is afflicting them. Again, not diagnosing what it is, but just giving them a tool to say the risk level that's identified is, is higher than what we're able to take on. We're here to support you. The next steps and recommendation are, and then here's the recommendations in place. The person then goes to uh, their doctor and says, I'm depressed. They finally now have talked to somebody and sometimes talking to somebody is, is more than anything, uh, medication or anything else that people can offer. Just to being able to get that off your chest that I'm depressed, I have a substance abuse disorder, or you know, I have this affliction that I've been hiding for years something to get off their chest to talk to somebody sometimes to bring us to the forefront maybe you don't want it to but it's sometimes just having that opportunity to discuss it you know, is enough to get the get the person going in the right direction all right let's go back to cognitive testing i'm really interested as a risk manager the road test part how would i be trained if i'm a road tester how do i become a cognitive road tester if that's the right i don't know what the right term yeah, is no, that's but, fine know. yeah so uh, it's the idea behind the program when it comes to the road evaluation is we start with your course every trucking company has their own road route or mapped out area where they want to take the drivers to evaluate they even have their own road evaluators in-house the driver evaluators right. right so the idea behind the program is to take that course that your the company's already developed evaluate it and add to it if, if the Empirica team feel that there is components that are missing that are required to push someone's cognitive function. So the course is then developed for the company which standardizes the road course evaluation. So there's not a, a variance by driver to driver or evaluator to evaluator, it's a standard course designed for that company, so standardization. The road evaluators then decided by the company or the driver evaluators, they would then be trained by the Empirica team on the course, on the scoring system as well, and the subjective part as well. So really they're not there to evaluate somebody's cognitive function. They're not trained to state that this person is cognitively affected. 
they're only trained to be able to fill out the new form because it's going to be a different form than what they're used to how to fill it out properly how to do the evaluation how to upload the information into the computerized system and the subjective part where does that come in and identifying weather conditions certain things that do play a factor into the road evaluation they become certified through empirica as road evaluators they're trained uh, on the program doesn't still mean that they're 100% qualified to be road evaluators. I've heard jokes from other trucking companies saying that there should be more training for road evaluators, uh, any, every road evaluator, but uh, they upload the score into the system, the, the check marks, and actually in this, the system scores the driver, not the evaluator. So it takes away a lot of that subjective opinion that companies also have admitted that uh, really does leave them in a position where a terminal in Ontario will score differently than a terminal in Quebec or out in Alberta, that there's no consistency to their onboarding. Driver evaluators are all different as well. It really does standardize the program and then takes that uh, subjective only opinion out of the process and makes it a scientifically uh, validated objective score that the company uses to identify risk. So that's where the road course comes in. That's pretty cool. So what else do I need to know to understand this whole thing about cognitive testing? Uh, read the 289-page Canadian Council of Motor Transportation's uh, Fitness to Drive document. No, I'm just kidding. There, there is uh, 269 times in that document and a 284-page document, I think it is. It references the word cognition or cognitive. 269 times, just to give you an idea about how involved cognition is in driver evaluations. And eight years of being in the industry and the, working with DOT trucking companies and uh, non-DOT trucking companies, uh, this is really the first time in the last 10 months now that I've really truly started to understand this part of the of evaluations. This, So I think one of the easiest things to do would just reach out to driver check, ask for some more information, uh, there's self-education tools that you can go to. Uh, you can even go to the empirica.tech, T-E-C-H, so empirica.tech website. There's a lot of uh, great tools on there to look at of the uh, videos of the actual in-office computer assessments, explanation of the program, case studies um, that they've done with companies. Also, they have um, uh, interviews that they've done like this. They've got interviews posted on their website as well. Uh, or you can contact DriverCheck and ask for Chris Wilkinson, not to plug myself there. But I think that might be the easiest spot to start if you want to just start touching on what does cognition really mean for the commercial drivers and what do companies or should they know when they're in considering this type of program. That's cool. Of course, we've got your contact info in the show notes below. So if somebody's interested, you've got your, uh, I believe you supplied the phone number and your email and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we'll put a link to the website that you just uh, named. And so if somebody wants to do that, that'll be in the show notes below. Chris, awesome. I, this is a topic that fascinates me because I'm a risk manager. And with my background in insurance and everything, it's one hell of a risk to drive a truck at any time. And all these tools, if we can help identify drivers, and help them become just better at their profession, that's a great thing. 
I so, agree. Last word. What would you? Anything else? Uh, sure. Yeah. The last word. So there's uh, something that we use in the presentation when we're talking about the accelerate program, and it's the uh, social contract of trust when we're driving on the road. And a social contract of trust is that we believe and we trust that all people driving on the same road as us, as us are fit to operate, including their vehicles, but also themselves. And trucking companies spend a lot of money on making sure that their fleet is maintained and managed. Some companies will, every three years, they get they get rid of their old vehicles and they get new trucks every six years. or they have huge uh, shops mechanic, uh, shops to work on their trucks. I know during COVID, a lot of companies were saying they've got their whole fleet in you know, at the yard. They're fixing up every single truck during this time. They spend a lot of money on making sure their trucks are fit and ready to go, but not a lot of time and energy spent on drivers. Not It's not meant spent on the mental health of drivers. It's not spent on the health of drivers, just the physical health. I know there's a lot more programs out there but there's not a lot of programs that actually look at the periodic wellness of their drivers. So that's something that I would say to companies is that, you know, when you're looking at how to improve your risk and uh, your, your claims and your, your incidents, that maybe it's the trucks might be in working order, but really maybe you should start for focusing more on your drivers and making sure that they're fit to drive. Right, and this is the beauty of driver check. You do a lot more than drug testing um, because that's, what I think of when I hear driver check, oh, you do the randoms, you do the pre-employment and the, and the post-accident. Uh, but this is way beyond the services provided here for cognitive testing and some of the other things that driver check now provides is way beyond drug testing. Hey, that's what we're getting to, yeah. We're definitely expanding in our, our service offerings. Now here's my last plug, drivercheck.ca. I think that's going to be on the, the blow on to you, right? Drivertech.ca. Uh, and you'll see there's a lot of great information. We're constantly updating our, our website, especially with COVID related services and support that we have going on. Uh, we're involved in the Ontario uh, pilot for uh, COVID testing for the trucking industry uh, with Ontario Health. So there's a lot of information that you'll find on our website for that. Uh, and very soon we're going to be launching the uh, Accelerate program. This one we're talking about cognitive assessments uh, on the website as well. So that's going to be there too. Awesome. Chris, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the Dog On It show. I appreciate it very much. And your contact information will be in the show notes below. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's the first time and I hope I get invited back. We'll see. I hope you loved the show as much as I did. Please leave us a like, a thumbs up, a review, a comment, a rating if it is in your heart. Thank you so much. And I do really appreciate your time. And join us again next week for another exciting interview.